Welcome back to the Wave Podcast. Today is Thursday, August 31st, 2023. And it's just me so far today. Uh, not just me on the episode. Scott's going to be in in a little bit. We're also going to have our guy, Josh Smith, back on the show talking some football and making his Wave Podcast debut. Another boy of mine from back in the day, Mitch Williams. Big football talk to show today. Talking Ravens, talking preseason, talking roster, talking college football week one. We're talking everything. Uh, before we get into it, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, Scoot, next time he's on the show, we'll update everybody. But with his life schedule, being a husband, being a dog father, being back in school and work and whatnot, um, he doesn't have a ton of time that he can allocate every week to the show. So sporadically, he may pop in here and there. Uh, but for the most part, I'm going to keep the show rocking. I'm going to have Mitch and Josh on damn near every week to talk football um, and might have some other people, some other guests stop by and talk some baseball as well as the Orioles make their playoff push. Um, So that's that. We're going to get into it. Let's go. Football talk starting now with Mitch Williams and Josh Smith. All right. We are jumping into our football talk this week on episode 68. I am super, super pumped to introduce these two dudes I'm here with. Uh, one of whom is a guest of the show that has been on before, recurring guest, good friend of the pod, our guy Josh Smith. Josh, what's going on, bro? Not much, Dante. Thanks for having me back on again. Feels like every year around football season, I make an appearance here, so I'm happy to be here. So, Bro, we got we got to do it. And I'm, I'm excited that you're going to be on with us a little bit more consistently going forward. It's going to be super yeah. dope. And the next guest, I'm super pumped to announce, making his Wave podcast debut. Good buddy of Josh and mine back from the day at, uh, at the old Blakefield, our boy Mitch Williams. Mitch, what's up, brother? What's up, Dante? What's up, Josh? This is wild. I haven't seen you guys in a long time, but uh, I am a, a football fanatic, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to do my best. Absolutely. Yeah, ain't, ain't nothing better than talking some rat birds, man. That's right. <laughs> so, hey, look. I, I can't thank you guys enough for jumping on. I'm super pumped that, that you guys were so eager and, and anxious and excited to do this. Uh, before we go ahead and jump into the to the actual pod, Mitch, I wanted to to shed some light on the project that that you and your boys are doing because I think it's super dope. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and like your mission, why you guys got started and and kind of just give yourself a little bit of a, a shameless plug here before we go on and get started? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, uh, I have another podcast. Um, so I'm, one of the reasons I'm super excited for this one is because it's uh, pretty much a complete opposite. I have a podcast called uh, PM Recovery, um, Present Moment Recovery Podcast. Um, it's basically uh, my buddy and I, Andrew, and we bring on um, people in recovery. Um, we bring on therapists, doctors, friends, stuff like that. Uh, started it uh, about a year ago to, to this month. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. It's growing as it's growing, and uh, it's cool to hear people's stories that I know it helps Andrew and I's recovery, you know. So, yeah, I absolutely. appreciate that part. Uh, yeah, absolutely, brother. I, I've tuned in a couple times. I listened to the episode that y'all did with Grant. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I love what you guys are doing, and honestly, I, I wish Scott could be on with us. At, at some point, we'll have to get the four of us on because uh, my my partner, Scott, he a couple of years ago, he started a, a nonprofit business with uh, the the, the the mission going out to like suicide prevention, mental health, like awareness for that kind of thing. And he's like very passionate about it. So I, I think you guys would be able to, to kind of level on that field. Um, but yeah, man, I, I love what you guys are doing. I tune in every now and then I see all your social media postings and whatnot. And I'm super pumped for you guys that you guys are 
starting to pick up and have some success. So yeah, I just wanted to shed some light on that. So thanks for sharing that. Thanks, man. Yeah, dude, really what you got going on? It's what you got going on. It's just a really, really good thing. I've seen the clips and stuff like that. And like, I'm just, I know I tell you this every now and then when I see the clips and stuff like that, when you post, but you're just so proud of you, what you've accomplished with everything. And um, definitely how you use your platform is just a really, really dope thing. I really appreciate that, dude. Always just proud to rag on you a little bit about that for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's wild because I feel like I haven't, I haven't seen you guys since I got sober, uh, probably. Um, so you uh, were pretty yeah, familiar man. with uh, a different version of myself but um yeah it's been fun and, and dante i gotta shout you out too i think it's cool we kind of started around the same time and yeah it's like, uh, to have a fellow friend like consistently like we're we're you know consistently posting and trying to uh follow a passion you know um that's absolutely cool. I, I, yeah I, whenever i've not wanted to do it and i see your stuff and we like oh shit i gotta get back online <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I appreciate that man yeah it's it's funny because like i kind of have the same mindset too like when i see you guys posting all your stuff from it like it keeps me motivated to to keep going with with our stuff and you know me getting with the intern and we put out our social media stuff so yeah it's it, it's definitely like a a good sort of accountability thing that you and i got going it's definitely mm -hmm. something that, that we could rock with but yeah. yeah man yeah that's super dope anybody who's listening that if you know if, if you've dealt with something like that or you have something like that in your life or you know somebody or even if not you just want to kind of expose yourself to that sort of uh perspective and hear some stories that that mitch and his boys got going on over there definitely give it a shout p uh pm recovery right yes sir absolutely so yeah y'all go check that out um all right with that being said boys let's talk some football yeah Let's do it. Okay, so as we're sitting here on wednesday august 30th we are currently eight days away from the start of the NFL season. I think we're like 11 or something from Ravens opening day, but eight days from the kickoff of the season. So I think really the best place to start is now preseason's over. Preseason's over. The Ravens streak is dead, which I don't know about you guys. I was happy it ended. <laughs> Hand really? up. I was happy yeah. it ended. Like it, it was, it was cool while it lasted. And, and, you know, I think what Harbaugh said after the commanders game where he was like, you know, these games aren't meaningless to these guys. They're, they're out there. They're, they're fighting for roster spots. You know, they're grinding. I thought that was super cool. Um, and just kind of like is another sort of testament of the kind of guy and coach that Harbaugh is. Um, but like as fans, I was just tired of hearing of it. Like I was just tired of, of will this be the game that the streak ends or, you know, the last time that the Ravens lost a preseason game was 2015 or whenever it was. So I was happy that it ended. I don't know. How, how did you guys feel about the the streak and, and ending in DC last week? Uh, I, I, uh, I wanted it to go forever. I, I was cool that's <laughs> getting to 50. I actually uh, was, I work in a, a, a substance abuse treatment center and I was at the house watching with the guys and there was a commanders fan there and we were going at it the whole game and the way that it ended, how it ended, I left immediately. <laughs> so it hurt me. They were, they were hype, man. The commanders, were, you would have thought they, you would have thought they won a Super Bowl in August. Right. I, I couldn't believe how, how I mean, it was they kind of their Super Bowl. Let's be real. Commanders has a commanders fans <laughs> haven't really had much happiness over the last 20 something years. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, for to be fair for them, like the, the, the sale, Josh Harris buying the team was like, it was better than any Super Bowl they could have won. So yeah, you're, you're right, Josh, honestly. Yeah. I, um, being in Virginia, even though I'm in like the South, like Midwestern part of Virginia, like our way from Charlottesville, like I know a lot of friends who are commanders fans and I didn't really care. I mean, it's a preseason game. Like you win them, you lose them. doesn't matter. I just don't want any injuries. Because we know with the Ravens, there's always has to be one yeah. devastating injury. 
Especially and, on that field, too. Yeah, exactly. I just want like I just wanted players to play well, and I just want to see the scheme and stuff like that. So I accomplished everything I accomplished. I got enough of things that I needed from it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care about the wins or losses. I was kind of upset after the fact because my like commander friends, um, they just would they were the group chat was a rough one that night. They were just going on and on. I'm like, I can't get mad because it's a preseason game, but also right. they're the ones caring too much about a preseason game. But again, you know. First, I mean, when they put it into perspective, first game under Josh Harris, like home game, they're they have some form of joy in DC as far as like their sports team goes, their football team goes. So it happens. I'll let them have it. I mean, it's preseason. I'll I'll start talking on September 10th when it's the regular season. Then you know, exactly games actually matter a little bit. Exactly, and that was that was like that was my whole thing too. Like I understand, you know, from from Rivera's perspective, like you got a new offensive coordinator with EB there. Like you want to see guys like Terry McLaurin and Sam Howell. Like you want to see your guys work in that system and like get exposure. But like Terry McLaurin being out there until the end of the first half and getting hurt. Like why, what, for what man, like God forbid he, he actually did get turf toe and you know, like that lingers throughout the season and he's not a hundred percent for the rest of the, like that's for, for a preseason game, you know, like that was my whole thing with the commanders. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think it was cool for the fans to like see that and have Josh Harris in the building and whatnot. But yeah, as far as the street goes, I I couldn't give two shits less about it. Um, and then I don't know about you guys. I I didn't watch more than like probably three snaps of the game against the Bucks. I was I was watching the Orioles game that night and like lazily flicking back and forth to the Ravens game. Uh, but from what I saw like on social media, it looked like Josh Johnson and Anthony Brown were both spinning it. Looked like they mm-hmm. were they were getting after it a little bit, and then the only other thing was Keaton Mitchell was mm-hmm. was playing really well, and then I think Dante Demas made a couple plays. But other than that, I I couldn't tell you what was going on during during the the Bucks game. Yeah, I was in a I was in Charlotte at that time. I think I was in a soccer game in Charlotte for Charlotte FC. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell you anything that happened in that game besides the clips I saw on social media. Um, and Dante Demas looked pretty good. Um, yeah. Other than that, I have I have no clue. It was a long, it was a long day in Charlotte. So <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. yeah, I bet. So I, I yeah, that was like one of the first games I watched the first like little bit of the first quarter and then took a nap because uh, the streak wasn't there anymore <laughs> and nobody was playing and I was like I don't care. I do love Keaton Mitchell though. That he's a beast. He's an I'm a huge fan of Keaton high. Mitchell. I'm a huge fan of Keaton Mitchell. I was. I was honestly, I was worried that we were going to keep Melvin Gordon on the active roster mm-hmm. just because we we paid him and he's a vet and whatever. Um, but yeah, seeing seeing that we cut him, I, I was a little upset for Melvin Gordon just with the whole running back situation. Um, yeah. But seeing that we cut him to keep Keaton Mitchell on the active roster, I was super pumped about that. Super, super. Yeah. Dude's fast. Um, he has a good burst of speed. He can get to the outside. He's a really, really good back for sure. 100%. And if he can play special teams, man, I mean, we know how Harbaugh feels about that. So if yeah. he can play special teams... He, he's got a spot here. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's, I, I think that's probably a good transition into one of the next talking points I wanted to bring up. So today, I believe either today or on Wednesday or Tuesday, I can't remember when the deadline was for cuts. Uh, but the 53 man is solidified. We, we know who's going to be on the Ravens uh, active roster, at least for the time being, I'm sure that at some point they'll, you know, they'll, they'll try to make waiver claims or maybe we'll see a trade here and there before the season starts. But, more or less, we have a picture of what the Ravens roster is going to look like. Uh, so I mentioned Melvin Gordon. A couple other notable cuts that I uh, I saw today on Twitter. Uh, Anthony Brown, we cut him, although we did bring him back for the practice squad. I don't know that that was mm-hmm. a huge shock. Um, Josh Johnson, same thing. I think we signed him to the practice squad. Am I right there? 
I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, Brent Urban, longtime Ravens mainstay guy. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that we cut him, but I, I don't know if I saw that he re-signed on the practice squad, but I think a lot of people just assume that he'll be back in some capacity. Uh, Kayvon Seymour, I didn't really love him last year, yeah. uh, but this preseason, I think he he's played decently. So if he hasn't signed to the practice squad, I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him do that. And then uh, Caillou Kelly was another one. Oh. Just Yeah, be, being a fifth year or a fifth round rookie that we drafted this year, I was just a little bit surprised that we we caught him. And then I think I saw Seattle picked him up. Yeah, already. They got him like instantly. Really? Yeah. That one was annoying to me because he made that, you know, he made that huge play uh, in the commander's game on like, yeah, uh, that huge tackle um, huh. right after Trent Simpson missed that tackle. So I was like, I love Caillou. I was on the Caillou Kelly train for sure. We need <laughs> corner, like we need corners, you know, we're going to need corners. Uh, yeah. I was confused by that. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense to me, especially with the cornerback depth that we're having uh, with Humphrey out for four games and us going against like, you know, the Bengals first four games, a couple other tough passing teams. See, I don't yeah. really understand that move at all unless they feel confident with what they have. That's that's got to be the case, man. And like, you know, they they uh, they signed um, Roby, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something, something, somebody. Um, and um, I mean, Rock, Rocky Sin, like they have they have guys, I guess. But I just figured kind of like what you guys said, the fact that we're like so thin at corner and we got we got a fifth round rookie who has made a couple plays in the preseason that that one just kind of, you know, came out of nowhere for me, I guess. Um, and then the last one I forgot to mention, Mitch, your guy, James Prochet. Yeah, MV Prochet. <laughs> M- MV, MV Prochet, preseason pro. Oh, my gosh, bro. <laughs> I do. I saw so many, so many memes on, uh, like, videos on Twitter. I was, I've been dying, like, all day when I saw he got cut. I mean, it's messed up. I'm not preying on someone's downfall. He's obviously, right. like, right. He's like of course. A, you know, he's a guy. And he but, has his own life and stuff. But uh, Prochet, sure. it is, it is. I'm glad I'm not, I'm not happy, you know, that his, it, it's over. I'll just say that the pro it's, it's the end. Up. It's the end of an era in Baltimore. We'll say that. I want to, I want to put my hand up and say, I have never been more wrong or at least blissfully hopeful about a receiver as it was about pro I saw him play in college. Uh, I think it was an SMU like Memphis game in like 2020 or 2019. Okay. And he played like one of the part of one of the most entertaining games of my life. And then I could watch this tape after we drafted him, like, yo, he can go up, get the ball. He can do all these different things. And he just did it for whatever reason, did not pan out in the regular season. Um, although got to be live for one of his most um, famous moments as a Raven when he threw that pick against the Broncos. Oh, that you were there? Was, yeah. I think we saw each other at that game, dude. Like, if I'm not Oh, saying. you're right. You're right. We did. Yeah. yeah right. I was going to say was, I was there too. That was a, uh, that was an iconic moment of last year to say the least. So I wish him nothing but the best <laughs> moving forward, just not in purple and black. But I do wish him well. I I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. So Josh, I, I'll hand up right on, on the back of what you just said. I was all in on James Prochet. I was like, I, I, and what's crazy about it is like my like belief in him was kicked off by like one of those college football, like yep. highlight tape yep. edit things. I, I saw it on like YouTube or something and I must've watched it like 10 times. I was like, yo, this guy's oh, a same. stud. Same. I was like, this guy, this, this is a steal of the draft. He's going to he's going to be the savior that we needed. And yes. yeah, for whatever reason, just didn't work out. I honestly I am. I am hoping that he gets another chance somewhere. Like, I hope he lands on on a practice squad or wherever and, and he can go somewhere like that'll at least try to develop him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the 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 preseason prochet love train, unfortunately for him, comes to an end in Baltimore. Watch, which, he, ends up in, watch he ends up in Pittsburgh, dude. Watch he ends up in Pittsburgh and becomes like a decent player. 
I, I mean, I think he's I think he's got some talent to work with. Yeah. So I think somebody will take a flyer on him. Pittsburgh is like one of the few spots that I would be upset if he went and like actually had success. Oh, 100 percent. It'd be like the Miles Boykin effect. Like, how dare you catch balls yeah. now? Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like, could you imagine if if Brashad Perriman was signed by the Steelers and they turned him into a stud? Like, I'd how pissed we would be? I'd be sick. Brashad <laughs> yeah. had like four games two years ago where he looked like a first round wide receiver, and then he went back to. No, he he did. Uh, like, yeah. he had he had a couple games with the Browns. I remember distinctly when he was with Cleveland. He had one game where he caught like two touchdowns against us. Probably went for like eighty or a hundred yards, mm-hmm. and I was sick to my stomach over it. And then yeah, with the with the Bucks when he was playing with Tom, he had a couple games where he looked decent. But yeah. yeah, I think he's still in the league. I think he was he was on the Reliance roster at one point in time. He may have gotten cut, but I think he really? was in the league like as of like maybe two weeks ago. I think no he, just, he, he was part of the last round of cuts just now. I think I saw on. Uh, oh, was he really? Yeah, so he's out there. Ah, shit. OK, well, so him and Prochet, maybe they could team up somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so those were the notable cuts I had written down. Some notable guys uh, that made the team. So we mentioned Keaton Mitchell. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be huge for us. Um, Arthur Millette, the uh, the slot corner that we signed, I believe he was uh, most recently uh, a Steeler before coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, Malik Ham, this was like a really good story. I don't know if you guys heard anything about him. I believe he's actually from Baltimore, like he's from uh, the the city. So and like grew up a Ravens fan, obviously. Um, he's I think an edge guy, D lineman, edge guy. Uh, showed out in in camp and preseason. So that was you know just a good story. Really cool to hear about it. Um, Ben Cleveland. I thought was an interesting one. There was a lot of talk about him maybe not making yeah. the team. Uh, and and especially going out and getting uh, John Simpson. He's going to be our starting left guard. Cleveland just kind of felt like the odd man out there, but he makes the team. Uh, Tylen Wallace, uh, I thought had a great preseason. Yeah. Balled out, looked really, really good. Uh, and then our Darius Washington, I could say the same about him. He made a lot of really good plays, especially in that commander's game. Uh, but yeah. I felt like every time I was watching a preseason game, he was somewhere flying around. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I think there's a good I think Tylen Wallace will get a lot of go just with our receivers trying to keep everybody fresh. I mean, Scoot and I talk about this all the time. I'd be shocked if we get 17 games out of Odell. And I mean, even even Bateman, too, for that matter. I mean, I would yeah. love for both of those guys to stay healthy, but, you know, just probability. I don't I don't see it happening. So if if Tylen Wallace can make some plays on offense and the opportunities that he gets, I think he could potentially be a, a nice little addition. But uh, yeah, for for the most part, I, I don't think there were a ton of surprises when it came to the roster construction. But anyway, those those were just some guys that stood out to me that made the team. Our Darius Washington is a monster. I feel like he's gonna be he's gonna be used a lot and used everywhere. But I do I want to say I do love Brocky Hassan. I think he's gonna surprise us. He's big too, so I think he'll he'll fit in well. But I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I'm. I don't I don't know that I'm like expecting a ton from Rockison, but I think he's going to be like I don't think he's going to be Marcus Peters. Like I don't think he's going to come in yeah. and like create a bunch of turnovers and and you know flip the flip the possession around, but mm-hmm. I do think he's going to be like a very serviceable kind of quiet under the radar number 2 corner, which frankly is exactly what we need. Just somebody to compliment Humphrey when he's yeah. back out there and 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 play solid defense, let our defensive ends and and linemen get to the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the last thing, as far as the roster goes, Jeff Z, uh, Jeff Zrebic, I think is how you pronounce his last name, uh, listed a couple guys as potential IR candidates. Uh, so Keaton Mitchell, I think he's dealing with that shoulder thing, um, said he's a potential IR guy. Malik Ham, I don't know what his deal is. Um, and then Pepe Williams, who Pepe is one that kind of sucks because 
I'm high on Pepe. I think he's good and I like his energy. He's yeah. always like mixing it up with fans at camp and, and practice and whatnot. And I think he's good. Like in, in the few games that he played in last year, I thought he made a lot of plays. Um, but he's he's been dealing with something on and off all camp. So Jeff Z said he might end up on the IR. So we'll see what they do there. But if anything, it'll free up some spots and they can get some guys into the into the building for at least the first four games. I thought Pepe was going to be the new like Tavon Young. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Exactly what bit, I thought. A little bit louder than Tavon, but uh, like plays a lot like him. Yeah. Is it, is it just me or can we never get Pepe Williams and Armand Davis like on the field at the same time <laughs> for some reason? Like I think no, they're both never. I think they're both really good and I think they can both like solidify at least the maple spot. And I think I'm like high on pretty on both of them, honestly. Same. Um but we can never get them on the field at the same time. That's just like a little bit frustrating to me. Not again, not their fault. It's just like, man, it would be really cool to see what they can do together. So Def- no, definitely. I'm I'm in the same boat. I was super, super high on Jalen Armour Davis when he was coming out. I was like, Nick Saban, Alabama corner, like this is like this is the guy. He's got long arms, he's athletic. Had a, like if he if he wasn't on and off the field at, at Bama because of injury, he probably would have been a first or a second round pick. Like mm-hmm. he's got that kind of talent. Yeah. But I guess now we're seeing why he fell to whenever we got him. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If we could just get those guys on the field at the same time, man, we'd be in a good spot. Um, but anyway, at, so roster aside, just in general, moving forward, like I said, we're eight days away from the start of the season. What, what are you guys like looking for in particular when it comes to this Ravens team? Obviously we're starting the season against Houston. Uh, we got not the easiest four game stretch to start the season, but, uh, so we, I think we start Houston and then at Cincinnati, then home against Indy and then Cleveland week four. I think that might be on the road. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but anyway, as we as we kind of set our sights on the regular season, what are you guys looking at? What are you thinking of? You know, any any like players that you're looking out to 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 get on the field? Like, where where are your minds at as we go into the season? Uh, you want to go, Josh? Um, I'll let you go first because I can re- honestly. I'm trying to decide exactly what I want to say. I can piggyback off anybody anyone says. So you can go first okay. if you want to. I got a bunch. All right, I'll break it down. I want to see this new offense. All right, I want to see it, Lamar slinging the rock. Uh, I saw someone saying, you know, 6K yards and 1K rushing, or four. You know, let's maybe we'll be more modest here. Four, 4K passing, 1K rushing. I think we could do that with Lamar. Uh, but I want to see the offense spread out a little bit, and I'm a little nervous because you know we like we're hesitant when we get these. Well, I guess we kind of stopped when we got Hollywood, but I hope Zay gets on the field a lot. I hope they don't do that uh, rookie handicap. Hand, handcuff stuff that sometimes John does. Uh, but I want to see that. And then all this, the JK drama and everything, like, you know, there's guys waiting behind him. So you know, he's fully healthy. It's a full year, you know, contract, everything. So it's JK time. You know, I feel like that's the biggest, the biggest thing that's going on uh, on the offense. And then, 100%. yeah. And then defense, I think Kyle's going to go crazy. Kyle Hamilton, he looks way bigger this year, like filled out the frame a little bit. I mean, like anytime you have a 6'4 safety, like that's fast. Like he he could be a real problem. Um, And then Marcus is back. And then I feel like our biggest are like we have a lot of unproven rushers. So I want to see, you know, Odafe finally. It's kind of like he's getting close to make or break with uh, Odafe. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get to finally see a healthy Ajabo and then King Roquan, bro. I'm, I'm so excited for him to like wear the green dot and tell Patrick Queen what to do. So Patrick Queen can just go and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the defense could be like really, really nasty in the, mm-hmm. I mean, 
I, I think we're all super excited for this year because the team like looks real like a lot of things are aligning and like a lot of stuff starting to look really good. So yeah, it's gonna be I, I'm really I'm really glad you brought up Kyle Hamilton because that was like yeah. one of the things that was at the forefront of my mind. Cause like, obviously he didn't, he didn't play much F, if at all during the preseason, but you're right. Like he absolutely looks bigger and he looks like he's like, he looks like, like you said perfectly, he looks like he's filling out his frame and he is massive. He's six, four. I think his wingspan is something like six, nine or six, 10. Like it's a crazy long wingspan. And on top of that, like, obviously we know he's an athletic freak. He ran four five at the combine or something. Like yeah. he's just, he's a nut dude. So I think one of the biggest things not offense related that I'm most looking forward to is how Mike McDonald uses him. Like I, we all know what, what Wink loved to do. Like Wink was just fucking sending guys out of nowhere, like dropping D tackles into, into coverage and sending a, a slot corner after the quarterbacks. And I think Mike McDonald has a little bit of that, not necessarily to the extent that Wink would do it. Um, but I'm excited to see how he uses Kyle Hamilton because I mean, he really is a weapon. Like he, you could literally line him up at any position on, on the defensive side of the ball and just kind of, you know, let him run. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see how he's used. And I agree, Mitch. I think he's going to have a really, really good year. I, I have, I have high hopes for Kyle Hamilton this year. Yeah. Josh, yeah. what about you? I agree. I'm really excited to see this offense. And I think that you even mentioned the spacing. I am really excited to see Todd Munkin, um, Todd Munkin work. And granted, it could be, you know, I'm just ready for a new regime compared to what we had last and a new scheme. I think it'll be. I think we all are. That's fair. I also <laughs> think that we have the personnel. I also think we have the personnel this year to compete and really do some things. Um, when Todd Munkin got hired, I like heard he was from Georgia. So I texted a friend of mine who used to work closely with their football team and asked him like, hey, what do you know about Todd? And first thing they said was great person, like really good guy to have a new organization also football genius and i'm like oh they like you're gonna you're gonna really love watching them work and i'm like okay i trust their judgment they know ball um especially being in the sec for a little while they they know what they're talking about so um i'm really excited to see todd work he talks about spacing a lot and getting tight ends in the right position and honestly working with matchups i feel like a lot of ravens offense last couple years has been focused on okay lamar go be superman and make something out of nothing rather than helping him and getting him in the best matchup. And not only do you have the coach with the right mindset to get him in the best matchup, you also have the personnel to do it. I think Zay Flowers can be what we thought Hollywood could be. And that's not a knock on Hollywood at all. I think Hollywood's a fine receiver. I just don't think he fit the system super well. I think Zay is better and will get more yak in Hollywood, though. Um, and I think he will fit the system really well. I'm really excited to have Odell on the team, just a veteran presence and such. Um, Mark Andrews is going to be Mark Andrews. He's going to be a stud no matter what happens. Um, and a healthy season for eight, which I think he will stay healthy. I think the O-line is pretty good. Love the running back room. I don't think we can go wrong there. So our offense is looking a lot better than it did last year. Uh, my only concern with this team is going to be on the defensive end of the ball. And the secondary for the first four weeks kind of concerns me just because we do we are going to go against some really pass-heavy teams, especially with Cincinnati and, uh, you know, Number nine back there, whatever number Joe Burrow is, I don't really know, nor do I care. I can't. You got it. Oh, okay. Well, well, <laughs> with him back there, it's going to be tough, especially with, you know, the wide receivers glow with Higgins, Chase, and um, Tyler Boyd, who I still will not forgive from 2017. Um, yeah, just it's going to be tough. And my question is, this defense will work if our pass rush can get home. That's the big million-dollar mm -hmm. question. Can our pass rush get home? I think – uh, the guys that we have that are young are going to do well. Uh, I think like um, Ojabo and um, Owe are decent players, good talents. I do think a healthy Ojabo is a really 
a much better player than what we saw last year because he will be healthier and not coming yep. off an of ACL injury. Where Achilles was an Achilles, it was an Achilles. Achilles, um, yeah, yeah. So if our pass rush can get home, I like our chances a lot. If they can't, it's going to be a long first couple weeks. But I do trust Mike McDonald to like mix things up and not, you know, not really mess it up. I do like Rokon in the middle, solidifying that, and I think Rokon and Clean are a great tandem. Hopefully, we have him for a while. No Clean's in a contract here, so hopefully that motivates him to play um, lights out, which I think he will. I'm not really concerned about him, but. My question is if the defense can get home or not, and I guess we'll see in a couple weeks. Um, if not, there may be some frustrating games ahead. I don't think the season's a wash. I think we're so good, but there may be some frustrating games. But um, as long as he fixed whatever went on early in the season without just you know blowing 14-point leads all the time, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, mm. yeah. I uh, you, you you said a lot of really – you made a lot of really good points there, and and I largely agree with everything. I think what both of you guys said about – seeing a healthy David Ojabo, I think that's going to be massive. Um, Mitch, you mentioned Adafi Owe. I, I honestly, he was another guy I was super, super high on coming out. And obviously he just hasn't produced yet. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's as, as far to say um, that he's in a make or break year because now it's like, okay, he's not necessarily the guy. Like we go ahead, we bring in Jadevian Clowney. We mm-hmm. have David Ojabo. Like, yeah, we lose Calais Campbell in the middle. But we extended Broderick Washington. Um, yep. Justin Matabike has been absolutely balling over the last two years. Yep. So it's not like, you know, he's doing it on his own. Like, he's got help on the D-line. It's just a matter of him making shit happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a make or break year for him. Um, and I think we'll be able to see a lot of what we should expect from him early on. So the, the, the Texans, I saw a tweet today, like they have like three or four of their top linemen that are questionable for the game. Like oh, yeah. a lot, they're super banged up. So I think that'll be a good uh, sort of barometer as to where Adafi Owe is coming into the season. Hmm. And then going on, like we know uh, Orlando Brown is now with Cincinnati, which I don't know how I feel about that. But he's with Cincinnati. Um, Lyle Collins, I think is hurt. And Jonah Williams, I know got hurt at the end of last year. But I think I saw somebody say from like Cincinnati Twitter that he was going to play. So anyway, either either or Adafi always got to show us something in the in the beginning of of the season. In the first four games, like I got to see something out of him or else, you know, for the rest of the season, I'm just going to kind of write him off. But I am excited to see uh, Ojabo. I think I think him having a full offseason to kind of get healthy. I was shocked we ever saw him last year, to be honest. Same. Like Same. Achilles Achilles is no joke, man. Like we we've seen guys like cam Akers come back from an acl in in a short amount of time but like an achilles man that i, I was shocked at all we saw him last year especially so since I that think, happened in march yeah because yeah it was, uh, it was at his pro day yep as pro day in michigan yeah so i think the fact that he even got on the field is is impressive but yeah. uh yeah giving him a full off season to to kind of transition into being a pro get healthy get more comfortable with mcdonald's system um i think and obviously he knows mcdonald from being at michigan yeah. so I think, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think Adafi Owe and David Ojabo together could could potentially be a really dangerous tandem, but that remains to be seen. Um, that was that was really all I had on the Ravens as far as like our team and our building uh, going into this week. Obviously, next week we'll talk more and we'll get into the weeds with uh, Houston. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, because next week we'll have a we'll have an actual game to preview, which oh boy. still feels surreal. Ready for it. Um, but did you guys have anything else that you guys wanted to bring up regarding the, the, the Ratbirds? That the bank's gonna be loud since every 10. 
I think that place is going to be rocking. Bank's so. going to be popping. And the only other great. thing I was going to say was, uh, have you guys been seeing the stuff about Mark like slamming his helmet at, at practice and stuff? Do you know anything about that? I don't. But the 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 quote from Harbaugh was very ominous. And he, yeah. I mean, he's always like that when it comes to injury stuff. Like he's very Belichickian. Um, one of my actually uh, fellow Loyola Don Andy Kellum raised a yeah. good point. Yeah, he was like. He was like, do you think it has anything to do with like his diabetes and like maybe something like flared up and he's got to take care of that? And that's why he hasn't been at practice, which it could be. I mean, Harbaugh said he's he's expecting him out there week one. So makes me think that he's OK. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we haven't really talked about that. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I honestly don't even know like what it could be. Because Are you referring it, to an injury or like I remember there was like a scuffle between him and a Washington player during the joint practice um, and he was frustrated, maybe. I don't know, just competitive, something like that, or was it like an injury or something like that? I'm trying to remember exactly. So, so yeah, it. I believe it was after the joint practices with Washington. There okay. was a play. I remember uh, Jeff Z tweeted. He was like, basically, like just talking about the the plays in the like the scrimmage portion of practice. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just Ravens on Ravens. I don't think it was when we were going against the Commanders. And Lamar threw a touchdown to Zay Flowers on a play from like 15 yards out or something. Mm-hmm. And Andrews came off the field and he like slammed his helmet down and walked inside. So like. People were saying, oh, he's upset because he's not getting the ball or whatever. I, I don't know Mark Andrews personally, but I don't, I'm I don't willing, really buy that. I don't I'm buy willing that. to bet that he's not going to be pissed off and walk out of a preseason practice because somebody else on the team caught a 15-yard touchdown. You know what I mean? And I think if it was something serious, we would have heard about it by now. Like They would have said, yeah, Mark might not be out there to start the season. Right. So, And to, to, to take it one step further, we only have three tight ends on the active roster. So if Mark right. can't, if Mark can't go, it's only Isaiah likely and Charlie Kohler behind him. Like we, right. we waived Ben Vokalek. So it's He's not on like a practice squad though, right? He is, he is, okay. he is. So I guess in theory, he could be like a game day elevation, but like, I just, I, I don't, I wouldn't expect them to ca- only carry three on the active roster. If they were even slightly concerned about Mark's availability. I don't know. That's just yeah. me. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I yeah I'm I'm frankly I'm not but I'm I'm glad you brought that up Mitch yeah that's yeah. a good point the, and the same the tight end last thing is uh, Charlie Kolar needs to change his helmet and other than that that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got the George Kittle uh, Mega Mind he helmet he does yeah yeah that was that was so I think that's one of those helmets that's like it's supposed to be tailored for certain positions that take oh, okay. more head impact okay and it's supposed to be like concussion resistant or something yeah. Um, but yeah, it looked like his helmet was like twice the size of a normal helmet. It was painful to look at. <laughs> that thing was fucking massive. <laughs> yeah. Did you bring it up, Charlie Kohler? Did you guys hear what uh, Antonio Gonzalez or uh, said about him? Anthony Gonzalez said about him a couple weeks ago. He he basically like Carl called uh, Charlie Kohler a Hall of Famer. He was like Tony Gonzalez said this. He was like, uh, yeah, Charlie Kohler is like the best young tight end I've seen come into the league. I think since him, like, I think he referenced himself and he was like, this guy is like the real deal. Okay. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So we got, we got two hall of fame tight ends in the building. There Great. we go. There we go. Love that. I'm um, excited for the, like a three tight end, a three tight end set. You know, I think mm-hmm. those three are going to be pretty nasty altogether. Yeah. I, so Josh, going back to what you were talking about when it comes to uh, Todd Munkin. Yeah. So I've, obviously I'm not like, 
I, I watch college football and I enjoy college football, but I'm not like super, super into it. Like I am with the NFL. Yeah. Um, I went, I went back and I kind of watched just a little bit of Georgia offense here and there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say I was watching tape, but I was like kind of watching plays here and there, kind of get it, trying to get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. And one thing that stood out was how one, the spacing, and I don't know about yeah. you guys, but th- that was all I was looking for in the preseason. Yep. It was just yep. guys being open. Um, and two, like one thing that stood out, it basically just like jumped off of what I was seeing was tight ends were just running wild yeah. and the way that he's able to manipulate the receivers and get the tight ends open and find lanes and mismatches and whatnot that I am super, super juiced for all of our tight ends, not just Andrews, but Isaiah mm-hmm. likely and Charlie Kohler too. Like, I, I think, I think we could potentially be looking back in 17, 18 weeks and, and say like our, our tight ends, this group was historic. Like, I think yeah. we could be, we could be potentially talking about a really dangerous tight end room. Yeah. I so I will I will say Georgia had four tight ends on their roster last year, and all of them are like huge, like mm-hmm. good hands, good body, can block. All of them can block and could run routes. So they probably have the best tight end room in the college like ever, and they all ate and got open. And I think some of them came out last year, and some of them are coming out next year. But their Georgia's tight end room last year was really good. And one thing I did meant I did forget to mention about Todd Monk's offense. Look at like the national championship game last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they played TCU, which you know it made them look like little sisters of the poor they ran them out the <laughs> building so bad um but Stetson Bennett who's not that fast and doesn't seem to be super athletic could get out there and run so with Stetson Bennett who again looks like he should be a used car salesman like is out there running you know for 20 plus yard games imagine what Lamar Jackson can do yeah honestly so, that's a great point I never thought of it like that it's gonna it's gonna look different I mean there may be some options I still think there'll be some options stuff here and there just because you have the weapons for it but I really do think spacing is going to make a huge difference. It's going to make help Lamar make the best decisions, which I'm confident that he can do. So, absolutely, I I completely agree. I know I know that's one thing we don't have to worry about on this uh, on this podcast. All three of us are big Lamar guys. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, just so I, I just want to run through a couple NFL headlines from this last week, all of yep. which pertain to the Ravens. Um, so one little bit of a, a sad news when I saw it, uh, former Raven Ryan Jensen. Uh, his career is likely over some knee injury that's been bothering him for the last few years. Um, thoughts and prayers to him. That that really sucks. He was, I know he was a big fan favorite when he was with the Ravens, but he was so fun to watch. Like he was always getting mixed up in fights and scuffles and whatnot. I know the one that comes to mind whenever I think of Ryan Jensen uh, was when Flacco got his head taken off by Kiko Alonso when we yep. played the Dolphins. Yep. And Jensen, as soon as Kiko stood up, like Jensen was on top of him and just got after him. Um, so yeah, that, that one, that one kind of sucked just to, just to hear about it. Never, you never want to see that for a guy. Um, another one that was a little bit more prominent, uh, the Ravens were mentioned as one of the teams that called the Niners about Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. I want to, I'll kick to you guys. I'll defer to you guys on this first. You make anything of that? No, me neither. Yeah, me (laughs) either. I mean, it would have been a nice body to have, but like. I mean, the question is, is Trey Lance a better backup than Tyler Huntley? I don't know. I really don't know if Trey Lance is good anymore. I don't think any of us knows. My only concern is if you couldn't make it work in a Shanahan system and Shanahan makes it really easy for a quarterback, um, then I don't know. I, you have to question, like, you're, I, I mean, you just have to question something. I also think that he's been injured and has the bad string of luck. But this kid was really good in college. I mean, really, really good in college. And I also think that people kind of got happy with the Lamar Jackson craze of, oh, a mobile quarterback, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, you still need to build the right weapons around him, which I think it means San Francisco does have weapons. But 
just unfortunate with injuries. I don't know. I just don't know what the issue was. I haven't seen it. We haven't seen enough of them on the field yeah. to really know what happens. But, 100%. I mean, Brock Purdy seems to be working out well for him. Um, yeah. And this dude was at Iowa State beating Oklahoma and, like, you know, Mr. Irrelevant and took them to a NFC Championship game. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I simply don't know what Trey Lance is. I don't think any of us knows except Trey Lance and, you know, a handful of other people. But I wish him nothing but the and best. The, and the 49ers, apparently. The, the four, <laughs> they must know something we don't. So Yeah. I mean, Mitch, I, what, what about you? What do you what do you make of it, Mitch? Uh, I don't know. I was I, when you said it was the first time I heard it, and I've been thinking about it. it uh, I mean, I like Huntley, but I mean, Huntley did get a chance to try to like go off. You know, he had a, a couple games to end it last year and didn't do what I thought he would was going to do with it. To be honest, so I guess I mean it was just like a sign that you know the backup is not secured at all. Uh, and like I like Huntley, he had that one drive in the preseason where he like laced mm-hmm. it down, but mm-hmm. he's younger and. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess they might have just been seeing how much they valued uh, Trey and see if they could steal him. But yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of what I thought, too. I was like, you know, if if you're sitting in DaCosta and Harbaugh seats, like it makes perfect sense. You know, why not call and, and see what the price is? Because, Josh, you, you, you raised the question, which I think that's exactly what Harbs and, and EDC said to themselves. Like, is he a better option as a backup than Tyler Huntley? Right. Like, I think, I think as far as like just on paper skill set goes, he is like, he, you, you want Trey Lance over Snoop and yeah. I'm a, I'm a big Snoop guy. I love Snoop. I, yeah. I, I, he's, he's had some opportunities and he's done some good stuff. He, he yeah. went to a fucking pro bowl last year, but, did. <laughs> but I mean, that, did. if, if wow. we're talking, if we're going to call a spade a spade, I think. Trey Lance gets you closer to Lamar Jackson than Snoop Huntley does. And I really, I, I think that was the beginning of the end, the end, and the end of the conversation for Harbs and, and EDC. Yeah. And obviously at the end of the day, they didn't make the trade. So right. it was Dallas probably said, we'll give you a fourth rounder and Harbaugh and EDC were like, well, we're not going to go past a six or a five or whatever right. it was. So right. I, it, as far as the question mark, if you want to call it that about the backup spot, it was more to me them saying, can we upgrade our backup spot for a relatively affordable price? Right. Like he was, he was, and even, even in Dallas, like he was never brought into Dallas to challenge Dak Prescott for the starting job. Like that's Dax and Dax alone. Now knowing the Cowboys fan base, he, he throws some interceptions and you know, he starts, you know, one and two or whatever. They're going to be calling for him, but that's just how the Cowboys are. You got Cooper Rush, yeah, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, you do have. Oh, that's Rush. right. They do Rush still have Cooper Rush. Rush. Yeah, he's like nice. Cowboys fans have to realize Dak isn't the whole problem, right? Like he's not the he's not the solution, but he's not the problem, right? No, I, I, I honestly, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say is gonna hurt some feelings. Thankfully, we don't have a, any Cowboys fans that listen to the show. Um, I think they got rid of the wrong guy in the off season. I'll just go and say that. I think I think Kellen Moore should be the head coach of that team, and I think Mike McCarthy should not be there. That's all I'll say. But Mike McCarthy squishes watermelons. That's mm-hmm. he he does. Good point, Josh. He gets the boys fired. I, I can't I can't argue. I can't argue with that. <laughs> the one from Big Cat, I can't argue with that. Like he squishes watermelons. Um Yeah, you you smash a watermelon with a hammer in front of me. All right. You I'm got fired me. up. I do have a question, and this is just me just asking a question. Kyle Shanahan 
how do we feel about him? Because I know I feel a way, but I wasn't certain that other people felt a different way about him. I thought we were just among the consensus that he was a great coach in the NFL. So, Mitch, I'll let you go first, and then I'll, I'll piggyback on you. Uh, I think he makes some pretty, you know, electric offenses for sure. I think uh, creative, but he also inherited, you know, pretty you – know, Debo had that one crazy was, – was the first year he was there the year that Debo went crazy? I think it was. Yeah. Either um, first or second year, yeah. Yeah, and they used – you know, they Debo is like highly talented, but and you, you got Kittle and everything. Um, I think he's really, really good. I mean, they're there every year, you know, yeah. one or another. So I really don't have – I don't have anything bad to say about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I largely agree. I think he did inherit a really good roster. Um, yeah. like I he he got there. He had Debo. He had um he had Brandon Ayuk, who I think is wildly underrated. Really Obviously, good player. He, he had George Kittle. He had um Trent Williams. I believe was already there when he got there. And no, it, he got traded. He got traded there during his tenure. Um, oh, was it? Okay, okay. Yeah, because I think the cancer stuff happened like right when San Francisco. Cisco was becoming good, and then um, after that, okay. he got traded there. So, gotcha. and also one of probably one of the best football players in the league right now, Trent Williams. I I would go as far to say Trent Williams is like in the upper echelon of football players to ever play the game. Like, yes, I I can't say enough good stuff about Trent Williams. I'm a huge yes. Trent Williams guy, but also like you talk about the defense too. Like obviously that one year when like everyone was hurt and they had the second overall pick or whatever, they get mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, and he is just like turns that defense but before Nick Bosa like they had DeForest Buckner and then yep. they trade him they trade him to Indy and just replace him with Javon Kinlaw like yep. they Fred Warner I'm like Fred Warner is I would say top two inside linebackers in the game mm-hmm. you know yeah so like they got they got horses at nearly every position but they, they to do. his credit I feel like they've drafted extremely well over the last couple of years mm-hmm. and his offensive system like you, you mentioned Brock Purdy a little bit ago. It is so quarterback friendly. And it yep. seems that like, like I want to go play quarterback for the 49ers. I feel like I could at least throw for a hundred yards and a touchdown in a 49ers offense. But yeah, I, I honestly, I love Kyle Shanahan. I think he's really, really good. But yeah. the, the, the question that's always going to be there is the roster that he, he inherited. So you're absolutely right. So I, I agree with you guys hundred percent. And I was defending him, which I never thought I'd defend a Shanahan, but um. <laughs> I remember my friends, again, they're Commanders fans. They may be a little bit hurt about him leaving and, you know, them dealing with Ron and stuff like that. And him having yeah, three coaches that, yeah. But um, they're like, oh, yeah, he's a fraud. And he's this. And he said he chokes. I'm like, okay. That Super Bowl a couple years ago with the Falcons, yes, he could have ran the ball more. Obviously, we know that. But that Super Bowl versus uh, the Chiefs when, with the Niners, if Jimmy G makes one pass to Debo, that game's done. They, like They win that game. They were like a – 10 yard pass away, like 10 yards away from winning that Super Bowl. And yeah, like there's no choking there. They were just a better team that night. Um, so I don't know. I think he had an unfortunate bounce, a couple bounces. But I don't think he's bad at all. They also say, what has he done? Like, what has he won? Dude's went to like two or three NFC championships and just had the worst luck at all. He went against Aaron Donald, who won, who was in a home game, who was eating people alive. And then they didn't have a quarterback last year. So yeah. Yep. I don't know. It's just one yeah, of the things. I, I think he's good. I think he's good. That's crazy, man. I honestly, I don't think I've ever heard or spoken to somebody that has that take on Kyle Shanahan, that he's a fraud and whatever. I've heard about three or four times. And maybe, like, they just personally don't like him, which is great. You know me. I'm all for beef against, you know, people and stuff like that. When it's someone you don't like, you don't like them. <laughs> but uh, in a sports setting, in a sports setting, not a live setting. But, um, yeah, I just didn't see that. Like, I objectively, I just didn't see that. So I was curious to see what y'all thought. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I like I said, I've never really talked to anybody that has that that viewpoint on Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, all right, boys, I'm thinking we save our top five draft that we were going to do today. We save that for next week. Okay. This week, Josh, I know you and I talked about it a little bit. Yes. College football week one, brother. I am so excited for college football. Not because my paycheck increases just a little bit with the, you know, <laughs> each and every game that we have, but because it's just a fun time of year. And um, I'm just going to look at some games to look out for. Um, luckily yeah, about college it, football for this week is standalone. So their games look out all weekend. Um, yeah. Give us, give us the, uh, give us the games that you got circled on your, uh, on your watch list this weekend. All right. I'm doing a quick glance. Um, real quick tomorrow. We got a couple good games. If you want to watch a big 10 game, we got Nebraska at Minnesota. I don't think that game's going to be super exciting, but you know, Midwest, you could watch it. Um, I'm curious to see what Matt rule does in Nebraska. I've been seeing a lot of Nebraska propaganda. Out I forgot in, uh, he was there to be honest with uh, you. I, I did until this weekend. I saw him on TikTok. So uh, I think Matt Rule versus PJ Fleck is a fun coaching matchup. You know, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, weird upset to look out for. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I'd be curious to see. It. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. NC State at UConn on uh, CBS Sports. Ooh, okay. I, again, I think UConn, I don't know what it is about UConn, but they, I mean, I do know what it is. They beat Liberty last year and no one expected that to happen. <laughs> But I think Jim Moore has a good thing going up there, and I think that's going to be a really fun game to watch. I expect that game to be pretty close. Um, and I think UConn – I would not be surprised if I woke up Friday and UConn wins that game. I'm loving the Florida-Utah matchup. I think any Me Utah too. game at night is going to be fun to watch. Um, yep, that was one I had Utah, circled for sure. Utah fans are really fun. Um, Friday, not really any games to really, like, really, really talk about. Um the fun name matchup Miami of Ohio versus the U Miami that should be interesting battle of um, Miami battle of Miami and uh, Louisville at Georgia Tech if you really want to watch some football on a Friday night and have absolutely nothing else better to do um future Pac-12 matchup Stanford versus Hawaii at 11 p.m. for your nightcap that's oh, yeah that's right yep good call that should be fun uh moving on to Saturday slate um I saw I know what you, some games you're gonna get into Dante so I'll let you talk about those um, I mean, Maryland should be late. Towson, that should be a fun whopping for Maryland. Um, a get paid game for Towson. Wait, what Maryland's time? playing Towson? Yeah. No way. Is that game at, at College Park? It's because, at College Park at 3.30. Damn, that's that's a shame. Could you imagine them playing that at Towson's field? Oh, that'd be the best. <laughs> that would be awesome. That'd be awesome. It wouldn't happen, but... Yeah, it would never, be awesome. but... Could you, Matt? Dude, that would be hilarious. Sorry. Anyway, keep going. Turkey Bowl. I actually think the Turkey Bowl draws more people to Towson Stadium than Towson games. You think so? I mean, no. Actually, no. Towson's actually pretty good. I actually do like Towson's like team and what they have in the athletic department. Didn't didn't uh, didn't Joe Flacco's brother play there? He did. Yeah, that's what I thought. And here's the fun little remember that name, Danny O'Brien, former Maryland quarterback, eventually transferred to Towson to finish out his career. No way. Uh, he did. Uh, Tavon West, I think, went to Towson, former Ravens running back. He did, yeah. yeah. Um, let me see. Other Saturday games to look out for. Ohio State-Indiana should be interesting for like a half. I think Go Ohio Bucks. State wins. Go yes, Bucks. Sure. <laughs> um, let me see. Saturday is not really a whole lot of great games on. Um, I Shameless plug, Liberty plays uh, Bowling Green at Liberty. Uh, Go Flames. Go Flames. CBS Sports should be a fun one. Oh, here we go. West Virginia at Penn State. I think that'll be a fun night game. 
any night game at Happy Valley is going to be, you know, interesting to watch. You know, not the biggest Penn State guy, but, you know, I respect them in their uh, what they do. Shout out Bobby Santoni. No, he's a Penn State grad. Shout out our um, guy, Bob. Um, and, oh, the Car- battle for the Carolinas is just a fun one for Saturday. Um, yes. North Carolina and South Carolina. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, South Carolina is only an hour and a half, hour and a half, hour away from Charlotte. Uh, North Carolina is two hours away, so a lot of crossover with those fan bases. And, um, okay. Should be interesting to look out for. Um, yeah, I don't really have any other games on Saturday to look out for. I'm very excited for this Sunday LSU versus Florida State game, though. I'm, I'm, like, very, I'm very interested about that game. So before I – Josh, thanks for that. That that was that was really dope. I have a lot of those games circled. Uh, particularly, I think that Saturday night game with um, Penn State and West Virginia. I know West Virginia is going in there as like a 14-point dog or something. I don't think West Virginia is supposed to be good this year. No. Um, but like you said, a, a Saturday night game in Happy Valley, I mean, it, the, the, it's going to be electric. Yeah. Um, but yeah. before I talk about some of the games that I want to talk about, Mitch, you're out in L.A., right? Yes, sir. What, oh, wow. What's the vibe, what's the vibe with, with USC, man, and the Trojans? Are people just buzzing with Caleb Williams? Like, wh- how is it out there? Yeah, it's the Caleb Williams show out here, especially with that first game. He's like off jump, you know, slinging it. And then uh, my buddy went to USC. I think we're going to try to go to a game, which sounds like it's going to be absolutely nuts. But hell yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's pretty nasty. And I have that. I don't know the guy's name. I'll be completely honest. I also am way more of an NFL guy than college, but I am a Buckeyes mm-hmm. fan because uh, I was born in Ohio. But uh, they have this dude at USC with that wide receiver. That's a rookie or not a rookie, a freshman. Uh that they're comparing the like the USC Tavon Young or Tavon Austin. Hmm. You guys know who I'm yeah. talking about? I, I do. Don't, I, I, don't I don't remember his name, but I think I heard some people talking about him. That sounds yeah. familiar. He looked fast, and although everything I yeah. saw, he looks real fast. The, oh, hey, I do know who you're talking. I can't think of his name, but exact. It's the dude that said he was where. Um, I think they said he's where Marvin Harrison Jr. was, like as a freshman in Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr. year. Also, Marvin Harrison Jr. for Ohio State. Maybe one of the best wide receiver prospects. I've seen. He's gonna go Rob crazy. He's gonna go crazy this year. Do you guys, Mitch? You might remember this being in LA and being a Bucks fan. But um, do you guys remember the game he popped off in the Rose Bowl versus Utah, where yes, no one really knew who he was, and everyone did the wait. Is that actually Marvin Harrison's kid? And we all felt just a little bit old in that moment. <laughs> As do catches three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl, like mm-hmm. biggest stage in his career at that point, and just goes off. And honestly. Ohio State could easily be national champions right now if he does not get knocked out of that game. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, good points made by everybody. Just a couple games. Josh, you mentioned a few of them that I have my eye on. Um, So the big one that I'm looking at at, as far as the entire weekend slate is UNC and South Carolina. Yes. So every – I watched a little bit of him last year. I think he's good. Um, But everybody's talking up Drake May as, like, QB one a in this class behind Caleb. I think he's talented. I just don't know if I'm ready to like crown him that highly yet. Um, but anyway, the UNC going into South Carolina is only a two and a half point favorite raised an eyebrow for me. Uh, last year, Spencer Rattler got off to a super slow start. Um, so, so I, I don't know. I think that game will be fun. Uh, I know game day is going to be there too. So the environment should be electric for that. It's going to um, be a fun environment. And it's going to be, that, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Gonna be fun. Florida at Utah. You mentioned that one, Josh. Cam Rising, I don't think, is going to play for Utah. Just um, saw about 20 minutes ago when we were recording, he's doubtful. So okay. if anything changes, um, I'm sure they'll let us know. Yeah. So uh, 
outside of him, I don't really know anything about Utah. The only thing I, the only really thing I knew about Utah last year was uh, Cam Rising and Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Um, so I, that should be a good game. I, uh, Graham Mertz, I believe, is now the transfer quarterback for Florida. He is from Wisconsin. Yeah. From Wisconsin. Isn't he originally from Long Island, if I'm not mistaken? That sounds right. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens. I Florida is weird because I have one camp about Florida that thinks they're just not great. And I also hear other people that are like, no, this year's like Florida's going to build up and we can win eight games this year, which apparently is good for Florida this year. So um, <laughs> they're a tough schedule. Um, I don't really know. I do love Cam Rising. Like, if you get to watch a Utah game this year or Cam Rising is playing in it, just take some time out, throw it on in the background while you do something else or watch it. But he's a really good player. Um, I think you could talk to win the Pac-12 again. Dark Horse to win the Pac-12. A team to, like, sneakily watch out for just a night game. Watch out for Oregon State. I have no idea why. Just something tells me watch out for Oregon State to have a really good year. I think they're pissed off feeling left out on Corvallis. Like, those guys in Corvallis. So, I'm going to be a I big... Was, yeah. I was a big... DJ Uyunglele fan when he went to Clemson. I thought after DJ is there. I after Trevor left, I was like, they're gonna be fine. DJ's a guy, and he wasn't. But yeah, he's out in or- he's out in Oregon State now. So I and I think just from what I've heard people say, they have a pretty good run game. So I that's a good call as far as a sleeper for the Pac-12. I think Oregon State could raise some eyebrows for sure. If we're sitting here like whatever twelve in December and Oregon State's in Pac twelve, I would not be championship, I would not be surprised. Um I think that if they play USC this year, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat USC. Um I expect Oregon State to have a really good year, and I really hope Washington State has a good year. I don't know anything about their roster right now, but that's a fan base that deserves something really good after getting left out of this whole conference realignment stuff. And For sure. they are a extremely passionate fan base and they seem to be like the nicest people in the world from the few that I've met. And uh, they just pull for their Cougs. And, uh, yeah, so there we go. So look yeah. out for Oregon State, Washington State, just for fun games to look out for. So Yeah, there you go. Uh, two other games I have my eye on this weekend. So, Josh, you mentioned US, or excuse me, LSU at Florida State. A yes. lot of people seem to be super high on Florida State this year. Uh, hand up. I don't really know why. Um, but people are saying they could potentially crack the top 10, top 15. So if Florida State's good, Brian Kelly down there with his family at LSU, they, they got their whole thing going on. Good for them. Uh, and then the last game I have my eye on, not necessarily because of the, the, the game itself, Colorado going into TCU is a 20 and a half point mm. dog. If I know anything about Deion Sanders, he going to cover a 20 and a half point spread. I don't care who he's playing. So yeah. I'll be interested to see him in his debut at Colorado. Um, I, I'm a massive Dion fan. Uh, I think yeah. it was two years ago when he was still working for Barstool. They did a, uh, like a docu series, like a limited, like five episode yeah, docu series yep, on yep. on YouTube, and I gained a ton of respect for him as like a coach and a leader. He's a really really cool dude. Um, so I'll be interested to see what he does with that uh, with that program. But I mean, Colorado going into TCU, the 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 runner up from last year, that should be a fun game to watch. Even even if Colorado gets the doors blown off of them, it'll at least, it'll at least be a fun game to watch. That's the thing. I don't think Colorado would get the doors blown off them. I think they'll be mm-hmm. – I mean, I, I'm not going to talk spreads because I can't talk gambling, whatever. Um, of so anything I say, I'm just saying it's just going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah. I think that Deion's just going to have his boys ready to play. Um, they feel disrespected as, like – I mean, granted, they only won a handful of games last year, and they weren't they were one of the worst teams at FBS. But Deion brings his guys in there. Um, Curious to see what his uh, – I think his son's still the quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, or something along those lines. Yeah, uh, Sh- Shadur, I think, is his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
see curious to see what he does on the big time stage. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be a good game. And I don't know what TCU is after losing Max Duggan. Um, I think Sonny Dykes is a great coach. I love his triple point. His like spread system, um, kind of like a West Coast spread system. That's like a weird passing triple option type of situation. But um, I just don't know what they have, and I think that it's easy to kind of get championship or Final Four hangover and start off a little bit slower. So I would not be surprised if Colorado makes it close, um, and maybe TCU pulls away later on. But we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, should be should be a fun game regardless. Yes, for sure. Um, so I will tweet out all my picks for both college football and anything else that's going on this weekend. Josh, like you said, you're an employee of the NCAA, so we'll leave you out of any of those conversations. For Appreciate sure, that. Appreciate that. Out, I'm not trying I'll to get put out my yet. picks. <laughs> I'll put out my picks, Mick. Mitch, I'm assuming that our listeners can assume that you're on the Bucks this weekend. Oh, yeah. By um, a thousand. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right, boys, that was all I had for this week. I can't thank you guys enough for, for hopping on here and joining with me. Uh, we will talk next week and as we will in weeks to follow throughout the football season. Uh, but until then, boys, thank you so very much. Thanks for having us, Dante. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Dante, appreciate it. A lot of fun. Peace, brothers. All right, massive shout-outs once again to my boys. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show today, uh, with Scott in and out over the next couple weeks, we're going to be hearing a lot more of those two when it comes to football, talking Ravens, talking everything NFL. So, again, shout-out to those dudes. Uh, so now let's kick it over back to me and Scoot, our pre-recorded NFL season predictions. All right, shout-out to us for kicking it back to us. Little inception moment we'll have here. Sheesh. So Scoot is back on the pod this week. Back. Just briefly to give the long-awaited 2023-2024 NFL season predictions. First, mm-hmm. before we before we go any further. Sure. Dude, we're here. Brother, I watched today, and Kristen made fun of me. I watched the Sunday night opening with the Ravens and Bengals of last year, and I watched just like – Tariko and um, what's his Collinsworth. name? Collinsworth. Do their little opening banter with the music going and just the scenery. And then it was the player intros with like, you know, Lamar Jackson. Oh. Little bit. And like and like that music was going on in the background. And like you heard M&T Bank bouncing. And I, oh. was, like, I was like, oh my God. Like Dude, I, I need it. We're here. This is, the, this is the last week of the pod that we won't have football to preview. Thank Christ. Obviously, we have college football week one this week. We all know that, right? Oh, yeah. We know that. But next week, next week, we got the men's league. We got the big boys back. Yeah, we got we got we got the varsity team back. Oh, yeah. We're we're talking diesels. And I'm I'm so fired up. You mentioned the Sunday game. I mean, we have like good primetime games to start week one. So the first game of the season. Yeah, first game of the season. Thursday night opener. Very good matchup. It's Chiefs Lions in Arrowhead. That'll be a really good game, I think. And then I know the Monday night game is Bills Jets in New York. Oh, that's a great. That'll game. be a good one. And then the night game on Sunday is uh, Cowboys Giants. Meh. Yeah, that one's meh. But meh. that's just like that's like every Sunday to me. So it's just like meh. But I mean Thursday night and Monday night, we got good games. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then yeah. It, 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 I'll be watching every primetime game imagine, possible. Imagine. I'll watch. I'll, I'm going to go one further. I'm going to be watching every game. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait, bro. 
I'm gonna have I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a double I'm gonna have a double setup. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have the rat birds going on one, and, and I'm gonna have the sweet sweet. Zone. I'm gonna have the sweet sweet sounds of Scott Hansen and the NFL Red Zone. On nothing the better, dude. There's nothing, nothing better. better. And entertainment wise, there there's nothing better. There is quite like that as men is the peak of existence. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. I'm 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 floored. I'm ex- I'm so excited. I can't wait. I've never been more excited to see a man in my life than Scott Hansen next Sunday. And what's funny is every year I'm like, wow, I have never been this excited for football season. And every year it just gets a little more and more excited. Every year just recycles. Every year. Or it's the same amount. I just forget how excited I get every year. But but I'm I'm so excited. I think there's a little bit more excitement, though, this year with the Ravens. I think just... we have more to be excited about than in previous years, especially in, in recent history. Yeah. That's for Agreed. sure. Agreed. But anyway, like I said, the long-awaited – the infamous on the wave podcast NFL season predictions. Um, just to kind of rewind a little bit last time oh. we did this. Also the Ooh. first time we did this last oh. year, one year ago, we were in deep Creek for your bachelor party. I can't believe it's been a year. It, me either. Um, and I, I, I took quite a swing with oh, my, super, we, we both did in respective areas for sure. Um, but mine was an all time bad swing. Um, of course, I'm talking about me predicting that the Colts, led by Matt Ryan, were going to win the AFC <laughs> and uh, and eventually lose to now retired Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. I thought for sure Tom Brady was getting a Super Bowl last year. I I truly did. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you or I were alone in that. But um, calling a, calling my shot with the team that eventually had the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft, I've seen better days. And the we'll running back now wants out. And the, yeah, the franchise running back, once MVP candidate, now wants to be in a new team in a new it's org. Crazy, tough. But hey, they hey they got your boy Anthony Richardson. Oh, I really don't want Jonathan Taylor to get traded for his sake. Like I want him to I stay. Agree. In I agree, but I don't know if you saw this today. Apparently, uh, they put him on the not IR. I want to say it was the pup list. The pup, yeah. I can't remember if it was pup or, or non football injury, but either way. Doesn't sound like he's going to get traded, and he's going to miss the first four games, which is good for us because we play the Colts week four. Right. Or week three. Week three. Right. So we don't have to worry about JT being out there. Anyway, Scott, let's go ahead and get into these predictions. Do it. So we teased this a little bit last week. Um, I have a couple that may or may not be – a little bit of a stretch. Um, I have one in terms of seeding, not necessarily the team making the playoffs. Me too. But I have one, and I I wouldn't be surprised for us to be on the same page with the team here. Yeah. Um, but I have one in terms of like finishing position in the AFC playoff picture that some people might turn yeah. their nose up. Me just too. a bit. At. Me too. So Scott, how do you want to do this? You want to start, or do you want me to start? Um, don't matter to me. Don't matter. All right. So I will defer to you then, Scott. You have the floor. Okay, cool. So we're just going down our division winners and then our seating after yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll start in the AFC. We'll do our our one through seven AFC playoff picture. Then we'll do the NFC, okay. and then we'll go into season awards, Super Bowl okay. predictions, cool. etc. Okay. So starting off for me, AFC East champions are the Buffalo Bills. I ain't going to take them off that throne until someone else does it. Do I think that that division is kind of wide open? I think either Miami, I think the Jets, I think the Bills. And who's the other team in that division? Patriots. 
Patriots, I don't think they're going to win the division, but I think any one of those top three teams could. Belichick, I'm never going to count out either, especially from what I'm hearing, he's on the hot seat a little bit. So maybe, maybe not. I wouldn't not, be surprised but... of any scenario, but I'm giving it to Buffalo until told otherwise. Are you are you saying Buffalo is going to be your first seed in the AFC, or they're just going to win the East? I will be getting to that in a second. Okay. Winning the AFC North is our Baltimore Ravens. I think they're going to get off to a, a medium, nice little not. I don't know. I'm not. I think end of the season they will be full throttle, ready to rock and roll. I got them finishing this year. I'll get a little ahead of the schedule here, but I had them finishing at eleven and six as the okay. AFC North champion. My AFC South champions, a team I am very bullish over, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I think are going to run away with that division. By week oh, eight, yeah. that thing will be done, though. Would done. not surprise me in the slightest. Like, the however American early. Panthers somehow will end up being at one by week two. Somehow. It's over. I think whatever mathematical equation works out for them to win it at the earliest possible point, I think yep. that's going to happen. Like, I don't think yes. anybody's going to even sniff them in that division. They'll be the first division winner in all of football. No question. AFC West. This was kind of tough. But again, until told otherwise, and until someone wants to take him off the throne, it's Patty Mahomes. Best football player in football. Maybe most skilled player we've ever seen. Um, the only question mark I have is, is him with the new OC. I don't see that being a struggle. Um but, you know, who knows? But I, I do have them winning that division. And seeding-wise, I have it number one, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're Ooh, I have okay. them playing in the easiest division. They're going to annihilate that division. And I also think they're a really good team. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be – I think he's going to go bananas this season. And he's going to be nuts. So I have them at number one. Number two is the Buffalo Bills. Okay. I just, for whatever reason, I just feel like everyone's kind of thinking it's going to be the Jets, Jets, Jets. And I'm like, we still got Mr. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and, and, and that whole company over there. I think, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be good. And that, that plus that defense, nobody's talking about that defense. Yes. I mean, uh, what's his name? Greg Rousseau. They have, uh, I, they might be trying to shop him, or at least I think I read a headline, but AJ Epinesa is still there. Sure. Um, yeah, and, and think, Von Miller, if Von Miller can come back healthy, I mean, that defense will be a top three defense. Agreed. Agreed. My number three team in the AFC is our Baltimore Ravens. Um, okay. 11 and six. I don't think that's good enough to get you anywhere higher than three. Um, but I also have at number four, the Kansas city chiefs. I just think they're in a tougher division. They're going to be playing up against, you know, the, the, the chargers and, and I think the newly minted sure. Denver uh, Broncos. Yeah, I don't buy them for a second. I hope they lose their game this season. Um, and at number five, I do have the New York Jets as the number five seed. Okay. Number six, I have Cincinnati. And at number seven, I crossed them out, which sucks. I wanted to put in Miami, but I just don't think so. I think the Chargers will sneak in and okay. hit themselves. I think that team's just too talented to not make the playoffs, and I just think Miami has a couple too many, too many holes. That's fair. The Chargers don't have. So, yeah. So, I got one Jacksonville, two Buffalo, three Baltimore, four Kansas City, five the Jets, six Cincinnati, and seven the Chargers. All right. Cool. I, 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 I agree with a lot of the points that you made. 
only reason why I have I don't necessarily think the Jags overall will be the best team in the AFC. I just think just the way what, the, this way the way the schedule is going to shake out. They get what, what they get four three. What is it? No, it's six six divisional six games. Teams that are six wins instantly. Yeah, I like they're they're for sure going to go six and zero oh in in so when, AFC South. They deal with the the Titans. Houston, Tennessee, and Indianapolis. Yeah, they'll not, they might lose one of those games, but like, yeah, it's their division to take. I would be shocked if they don't win that division by a landslide. Four, four and two is their divisional floor. Yes, yes, yes. Completely. All right, good. All right, I like your AFC. I Thank like you. your AFC. So Thank I'll you. go ahead with my AFC now. No. So in the AFC East, you know how I feel about this team. Do. I'm buying the hype. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'll call whatever you want. Say whatever you want. I'm doing it. I really do believe that the Jets are going to be good enough to win this division. Right. I think this division, I, and I'll, 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 I'll preface and stipulate by saying this. I think there's going to be, not just in the AFC East, in the AFC as a whole, I think there's going to be a ton of cannibalization. I think there are way more good teams in the AFC than there are in the NFC. Oh, by, really, by far. Really, the only way, the like, I see... I see the NFC as as honestly a two horse race, but yeah. I'll be fair and say there are really three good teams in the NFC. I would say there's three. I would say there's three in the NFC. I think realistically we could we could talk about, you know, in, in 10, 11 weeks, I think we could be sitting here talking about nine or ten good teams in the AFC. I really do. I think, I think the AFC is absolutely from, loaded. Yeah, nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the AFC is absolutely loaded. Um, Every and, team has like a serviceable quarterback, essentially. Without question, and the without NFC question. is not that situation. There's there's so maybe there's maybe like one or two question marks at the quarterback position in the entire AFC. I'm looking outside, at outside the, of the NFC. The, I'm looking at the NFC teams right now that I have in the playoffs. I have one, two, three. I have four teams that are making the playoffs, and I'm like, mm, with their quarterbacks, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So no, with the five. AFC, I'm sorry, five. <laughs> With the AFC, I just think there's going to be a ton of infighting. So yeah. I I think the Jets last year, if they don't have Zach Wilson, I think they're a 10-win yeah, team. You're, you're probably right. I just feel like I there's think, a lot of hype, and that's tough to live up to. Yeah, no, I, I 100%. And, and a prime example of that is Buffalo last year. Buffalo last year, it felt like no reason to even play the, the season. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Let's just crown them right. now. So I understand that aspect when it comes to the Jets and all the hype, but – as it sits right now, I think that, I mean, you can't dispute it. The Jets had the two best offensive rookies last year, the best offensive or excuse me, defensive rookie yet last year. And around all of those guys, they, they built upwards. So I think if they can shore up that offensive line, they bring in Dalvin cook, which will help the offensive line in terms of the run game. Yeah. I think they're going to be very, very back. Good. Yeah. think they're going to be very, very good. Yeah. I, 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 I go by it until it happens. That's fair. That's I, I will give you that. That's completely fair. In the AFC North, in my opinion, the toughest division in football. I'm with you. I'm riding with the Ratbirds. Yo, also sneaky. Steelers are a little frightening to me. I the Steelers, and this bit. is not this is not trendy by any means. I've heard a lot of analysts talk about this, yeah. but I'm I'm piggybacking. The Steelers are my biggest sleeper in the basically in the NFL. I think they they are the biggest sleeping team in the NFL. I think Kenny Pickett is good, and I think he's going to have. I a, think he's going to be perfect for that team. 
I think he's going to make a big step. I mean, we've seen what George Pickens can do. I think Allen, adding Allen Robinson into that offense is going to be huge. And they completely beefed up their offensive line. Their biggest question mark, in my opinion, is their offensive coordinator. And if, yeah. if he can just not be a dipshit, like them making the playoffs wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, you got, the, you got the Ravens, though. I got the Ravens winning the AFC North, winning the toughest division in football. Okay. In the AFC South, no question about this one. We just talked about him. The Jacksonville Jaguars. It's an easy. Like you said, like all jokes aside, I think they're going to have this thing locked up by week 11. Yeah. And in the AFC West, I'm riding with you again, Scoot, until somebody takes the crown. I'm glad you're on that same boat. From 1-5's head, Patrick Mahomes is the king of the he's AFC just, West. He's just the king, dude. He's the no king. Way, he's there's king just no way around it. He's a king. Yeah, absolutely. Until somebody dethrones him, he is the king of the NFL. So those are my four division winners. Okay. My AFC playoff seating. I have the Kansas City Chiefs at number one. This this one this one I, I didn't really feel confident about to 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 some degree, but it it really comes down to this: the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, other teams don't. Mm-hmm. It's all it was. Mm-hmm. It's really all it was. I think that's fair. My two seed, a team that I'm also very bullish on, like yourself, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I mean, their win total is at I think nine and a half right now, or ten and a half. Oh, hammer it! Sore. Soar oh, over that, that in right now. I mean, we're I, I I think at one point around maybe week 10 or week 11, we're going to be talking about them as a potential one seed in the AFC. So I got the Jacksonville Jaguars at two. Okay. At three, I have the Ravens. Okay. Like I said, I think the AFC North is the, tough, the toughest division <laughs> in football. I think we have a little iron sharpens iron situation with the Ravens. And I think where they're going to be, in terms of this season and my record, Scott, I also have them finishing 11 and six. Okay. I think, I think that puts them at a very respectable three. Yeah. Puts them at a nice little three seed, gives them a little home playoff game and bingo. My four seed obviously is the jets. I think, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of infighting, a lot of cannibalization in that division and just in the AFC as a whole. So I think when it comes down to it, their divisional record is going to bring them down. Still have them winning the division. Just have them finishing in, in, in fourth in terms of the AFC playoff picture. My three wild card teams in order. At five, I have the Buffalo Bills. I still think they're very good. Like I said, I think their defense is very good. I think at best case scenario, if their defense can stay healthy, they can get all the guys that they want on the field. I think they could be a top three, maybe even top two defense in the NFL. My sixth seed, my second uh, wild card team, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I have. I have a little bit of a concern when it comes to their defense. Losing Jesse Bates and Von Bell, I think, is going to be a massive loss, yeah. particularly Jesse Bates. But losing both of those two in the back end, I think, is going to be huge for them in, in a negative sense. And the the health of the offensive line concerns me. I know they brought in Orlando Brown, but Lyle Collins, Jonah Williams, their injury thing going on. Plus, you have the contract minutia of T. Higgins and Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, all this stuff looming. Yeah. I just have a few more question marks than I think I would like out of that team. Um, so I have them at six. And then my seventh was really, really tough. I came down between this team and the Steelers, ultimately went with this team. I think the Miami Dolphins are going to raise oh, some eyebrows. Wow. I think I the Miami. I for Justin Herbert to miss the playoffs. God, I, <laughs> I know that. you would. I uh, I just I think that Miami did a lot in the offseason for their defense. I know Jalen Ramsey's going to miss yeah, some time. Jalen's hurt. I think if you put him. 
on the opposite side of Xavier Howard, you have Bradley Chubb coming back for a full year. Vic Fangio, which we can say whatever we want about him. He's a good defensive coordinator. They bring him in. Plus, a move that I don't think they're talking about enough. We know all about him. Deshaun Elliott is now their safety in the back end. Yeah, I love him. Me too. I think their defense is going to be uh, eye-opening a bit this year. So I have them as my seventh seed. I just... The thing with the Chargers, I think they have too many injury questions. Can Joey Bosa play a full season? What's Khalil Mack's deal? Is he going to yeah. even be there? Is he going to play? J.C. Jackson, I mean, he played one game last year, and we never even heard about him again because he was hurt. Like, I just – their offense is very good. I think Kellen Moore uh, will be good for Justin Herbert. Um, but also, I don't believe in Brandon Staley. I think I've been very uh, outspoken mm-hmm. about that. I don't think yeah. he's going to be the guy to get them where they need to be. Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay. All right, so that's my AFC. Chiefs, Jags, Ravens, Jets, Bills, Bengals, Dolphins. Wow, okay. All right, shoot. NFC, let's hear them. All right. NFC East, I got the Detroit Lions. I think they're an awesome football team. NFC North, you mean? Oh, okay, I must have just flip-flopped these. I'm sorry. So, yeah, (laughs) I got the um, the East. Phillies? Wait. Phillies the East? Yes. Oh, the NFC least. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. So NFC East, I have the Philadelphia Phillies. Philly. Okay. Wow. The Eagles. I'm all out of sorts here. I got all buckled up. I have the. Yeah, the you're Eagles. all over the place. I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC by a landslide. I know. Not even close. Someone, someone made a good point. I don't know who it was on Good Morning Football this morning. They made a really good point that relatively the last two seasons, they've been really healthy, which is rare in the sport yep. of football. Yep. So just to keep an eye out on that. But if they can stay healthy like they normally do, I think they're really good. Um, then I guess in the NFC North, I have the Detroit Lions. I love the Detroit Lions. Cool. Um, I think they're awesome, and I think they're going to be really good. And I think I actually kind of think golf's going to have a good season. And I and I think I think they're just booming. I think they're awesome. I was I was really hopeful they were going to get in the playoffs last year. I love their head coach. And me too. They're awesome. Big Dan, big Dan Campbell guy. I love him. I think he's awesome. And then NFC South, this was – I wanted to vomit picking it, and I hated it, and I'm mad about it. But I think the New Orleans Saints will get in by going 8-9. I Like, I'm not even kidding. I think I think it'll take being under 500 to win that division. I think that division – I, I agree. I think whoever wins that division is going to be a very middle – like an aggressively middle. The most, middling the most is a 9-8 and eight season. The most. Yeah, no more than nine wins. Carr is – no thanks. Stinky. Um, NFC West, this was easy. Um San Francisco 49ers. It's so funny. NFC is just so easy. Like the AFC, yes. you looked at every division other than the South. You can make a case for any team, essentially. No. Yep. NFC West and, and Philly, that's just kind of them. So I have San Fran. Um, they're really good. I am a little concerned with Purdy. I don't love how they've handled the Trey Lance situation. I think it's a little strange. But nonetheless, Purdy kind of rolled there at the end of the season. So I'm, I'm going to roll with them. All right. Um, so, yeah, those are my division winners. I got Philly. Uh, San Fran, Detroit, and New Orleans. And then my seating, I guess I just ran off my, my seatings there. Uh, number one seed will be Philly. I think Philly's just going to be another wagon again this year. Um, then number two, I have San Fran, three Detroit, four New Orleans, and then my wild card teams go as follows. This was a little difficult because they all stink. They all stink. So it's <laughs> like any of them could do it. And I'm going to, I hate this decision, but I'm going to put five is Minnesota. Okay. Um, Kirk Cousins, I just think, is a, I, I, 
regardless if he can win a big game, I think he just wins in the regular season and he gets him there and then he just shits himself. Um, this sixth seed is going, these next two teams are going to be surprises to you. Okay. Watch out for Mr. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. I have them at six. I think Jordan Love could be the guy at the end of the season that we were talking like Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and people are like, whoa, how? And wow, they, and I wouldn't be shocked, Dante, if by the season's end, I know you're going to fully disagree with me here. I wouldn't be shocked by season end if Packer fans are thinking, thank Jesus we took out Mr. Aaron. Because I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers can be bad. I just think Aaron Rodgers needs to be good enough for the Jets team. But I think Love will be the guy that elevates that Packers team. So before you move on, I think the Packers win total on uh, FanDuel right now is seven and a half. I Crush love it. that over. Crush it. Yep. Easy. Easy, easy. And the number seven going to come as a big surprise. I have the Washington Commanders sneaking in. I wow. think I think they got something going. I think that team, that whole franchise, the fan base is rejuvenized. I think I think the Packers, or I'm sorry, the 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 Commanders are going to have a a nice. It reminds me a lot of what that season was in 2020, where they might get off to a slow start, but then something's going to click. Okay. And I, and I think again, I think if they have a decent quarterback, they make playoffs and. I think so. They're they're I think like one or two pieces away from being like a very very good team. Um, if they can get that whole Chase Young situation figured out and maybe some of the back end on their defense, I think they could be really good. Like, I think their defense can carry them to a few wins I mean, this year. Uh -huh. And if Sam Howell can just like not turn the be ball good over, enough, just be decent, just be decent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, his receiving core is good enough to like make him look better than he is. Yeah. So if he, like I said, if he could just not turn the ball over, I think they'll be good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I got Philly, San Fran, Detroit, New Orleans, Minnesota, Green Bay, and the Commanders. All right, I like that. Yeah. Taking a couple, taking a couple big swings. Yeah, yeah. And like the it. NFC is a little easier because it's so stinky. Yeah, for sure. All right, good. I like that NFC picture. Thank you. So here's my NFC in the uh, excuse me in the NFC East. This is this the not as easy of a division as the AFC South, but in my opinion, there is no better team in the NFC East. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. As, as as much as I don't want to talk up this team, they they flat out are one of the two best teams in the NFC. One of the two only good teams in the NFC. Signing Jalen Hurts, he is Mister Accountable after the Super Bowl, apparently from all the reports. Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's poised to have another really good year. That defense was like record setting last year in terms of sacks. They brought basically everybody back. I think I think the NFC East is theirs to lose, and and frankly, by a long shot. In the NFC North. I also have the Detroit Lions winning nice. that division. Nice. I think this I think this division is going to be a little bit tighter than some people think. I think Chicago is going to make some people reconsider how they feel about them. Okay. Um, I think I, I'm with you. I think the Packers are going to be much better than a lot of people anticipating. I I'm a big Jordan Love fan. I think he, I'm so excited. I'm I think so he's excited. in a great position to prove a lot of people wrong. And from what I've seen in the preseason, granted, it's preseason. He's been spinning it. So I, I like Jordan Love. I think he's going to have a very good season with the Packers this year. In the NFC South, this is my big swing of the year. <laughs> oh, it's not the New Orleans Saints. I have the Arthur Smith-led Atlanta Falcons winning that division. That's terrible. I'm sorry. That is sad. what you want, the one that we look back on, like the the the... I, if, I hear your reasoning. I just couldn't. If it's going to be any of my picks, this is it. I'll give you that. But hear me out. Look, 
they spent so much money and capital on their defense this past year. They go out and get Calais Campbell. They go out and trade for Jeff Okuda. They signed Jesse Bates. They, they paid a bunch of dudes on the defensive side of the ball, which, I mean, that was their issue last year. That, well, that and their, their quarterback, Marcus Mariota, fucking stunk last year. But their defense was a, was a huge problem. They couldn't stop anybody. So I think you go out and you pay all this money, and you, I think they extended A.J. Terrell, who was a wildly underrated corner, by the way. I think he's very, very good. Arthur Smith now has Desmond Ritter, who he can kind of mold more than he did with Marcus Mariota. I think if he finds a way to incorporate the rushing attack that they had last year, you add Bijan Robinson to a backfield already with Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier ran for over a thousand yards last year as like a seventh rounder, an undrafted rookie. Yep. If you if you couple that with what Bijan brings to the table, and if you could just get Desmond Ritter to find Kyle Pitts with the fucking football, unlike Marcus. Unlike Marcus Mariota could, I really do think that offense can be not good, but not bad. I think that offense can win football games. Now I'm with you. I think I think the winner of this division is going to be nine and eight. I really do. I'm just saying I think it's going to be the Falcons. What? <laughs> and in the NFC West, it's the San Francisco 49ers. This is the other team that's that's going to challenge the Eagles for the crown. I just think they're really fucking good. Kyle Shanahan yeah. is I I in my, I think he's just a really really good head coach. His offense is is second to none. I will say I'm a, I'm starting to grow just a bit concerned with this whole Nick Bosa training camp preseason issue. He hasn't reported yet, and he wants a new deal. A little weird. And apparently he he wants more total money than Aaron Donald. So I'll be interested to see what happens there. But anyway, those are my four division winners. I got Philly in the East, Detroit in the North, Atlanta in the South, and San Francisco in the West. Okay. My three playoff teams. My first one really shouldn't be a surprise, maybe, to some people. It's the Dallas Cowboys. I just, they have far too much money and far too many eyeballs on them to not make the playoffs. Yeah. And I think if, if they don't make the playoffs, I don't think Dak is back next year. And I think, he, I think he's starting to feel a little bit of the heat. So I'll say the Cowboys are going to be my five seed. Okay. My sixth seed, I have another NFC East team. The New York Giants. Ew, stinky, stinky. I didn't love this stinky. one. I didn't love this one, but I mean, I, I have a very soft spot in my heart for Wink. And the amount I of talent. Too. I do love me some Wink. I know. The amount of talent that they added on the defensive side of the ball, I think he is, is just chomping at the bit to get those guys out there. And I mean, hey, you get Saquon back. You get Daniel Jones paid. You go out and you draft a receiver in Jalen uh, Hyatt. They got a bunch of guys on the offensive line. They're they're a team where I feel like it's like, hey, we got Dayball. We paid our quarterback. Saquon's on a prove-it deal. Like, we got to make a move here. So I think if they don't make the playoffs, I'd be a little bit surprised. Um, so I got the Bengals – or excuse me, not the Bengals. The Cowboys – the Giants at right. six. Right. You get it. And then at seven, I also have the Green Bay Packers. I I'm with you, Scott. I'll, I'll echo everything that you just said. I think Jordan the love is going to be good, dude. I think Jordan loves going to be good. I could easily see this team winning nine games. Um, the only thing really that questions me about them is their wide receivers. I mean, obviously Aaron, yeah. Aaron is Aaron is going to make anybody look good. Um, but I think Jordan love having so much time under Aaron and getting to learn from him and also working with the twos and the threes, as far as the receivers go, like yeah. him and him and Romeo Dobbs, I think are going to have a really good year together just because they've been working Christian Watson, too, they still got, right? 
Christian Watson is also there, but I'm just saying like him and Romeo Dobbs were working as like second teamers. Yeah. So that they have to have some sort of chemistry built up. But I also do think Christian Watson, Christian Watson is poised for a very good year. Yeah. So those are my seven in the NFC. I, Oh, sorry. Let me give the seeds. Uh, as far as division winners go, I have the 49ers in the one seed. Okay. I have the Eagles in the two seed. I have the Lions in the three seed. And I have the Falcons in the four seed, obviously. Yeah. And then my five, six, and seven, obviously, Dallas, Giants, Packers. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Those are our uh, preseason playoff picture predictions. Now to move on to the ultimate prediction, the Super Bowl. Scott, I'll start here. Okay. Coming out of the NFC, once again, not for the second year in a row, just oh. once again, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Same. I'm, I'm super high on this team. Very, very high on this team. As I am every year, I love the 49ers. I know. I just, it, feel, it kind of feels like if they don't get it this year, it's kind of a, all right, let's shake some stuff up. I don't know. I might be exactly, so. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I think this is this is kind of like at, at some point, I know it's never going to be the reality, but at some point, John Lynch has to be thinking like Shanahan. We got to get this at some point, and if it's yeah. not now, then it's it's never right. It's never. So let's go ahead and get Agreed. this now. Agreed. So I think this is a very big year for Kyle Shanahan, and I feel like he knows it above all else. So I have them coming out of the NFC, coming out of the AFC, the darling from last year, Buffalo Bills. Whoa, we have the same Super Bowl matchup. Wow, look at the, us. We have the same Super Bowl matchup. I wonder if we have the same outcome though. So my outcome this year's Super Bowl winners. The NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. Leave the, leave the suspense if we got the same thing. Okay. And my Super Bowl MVP. I don't know if you can get the odds on this yet. My Super Bowl MVP is not Mr. Irrelevant. My Super Bowl MVP, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, good pick. Good pick. Nice. nice. Yeah, that's cool. Wow, we get the same Super Bowl matchup. That's crazy. Wow, cool. Yeah, so I have the same Super Bowl matchup. I actually have the Bills winning, and Ooh. I have I have Mr. Josh Allen going on a tear, getting to the Super Bowl, and then he just sure. goes, does one of those like legacy games that he kind of goes like, "All right, enough of this, enough of this. That this yep. is it's my turn," and he and, and he balls. But yeah, interesting. Cool. Wow. Look at that. And, and for the listener's sake, we didn't talk about this beforehand. No, this is God. just complete. Like <laughs> we're finding this out now. And then like, I was like, well, do I change it? No, no. Nah, if that's your prediction, rock with it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Look at us. All right. So now let's get into some uh, season awards. I have a feeling the first one, at least we're going to be in the same. We're going to be lockstep on. So my MVP for this season, I, I've already put a future on him to win the award. Mr. Trevor Lawrence, he is my MVP prediction. I know this is a very trendy pick. Uh, yeah. There's also been a lot of money out on uh, Justin Fields to win the MVP. I think he's going to have a good year. I don't think it'll be that yeah, that good. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, But yeah, Trevor Lawrence is my pick. I think you give him a, another full offseason with Doug Peterson and to work with that offense. Plus, you drop Calvin Ridley into that offense. Oh, I think Jack's going to be lethal, dude. On top of Christian Kirk from last year, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is poised to have a breakout year. So he's my MVP pick. Me too. Now is it my turn? Yep. Okay. Brother, 
I'm gonna get so much shit for this. Like so much shit. I think Mr. Jalen Hurts is getting his MVP. Ooh, why are you gonna get shit for that? If people are gonna say I'm a Philly guy, and I'm not a Philly guy, but it's fine. George is gonna say I'm a Philly guy, and he's been to like Philly sports a couple times in his life. It's fine. That's all right. George George doesn't listen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but he's gonna see the the, <laughs> the graphic. Um, Jalen Hurts, I just think every year he gets better, and I think he's got his he's got his bag. He's gonna have another year with his receivers. Um, I think they're gonna eventually land Jonathan Taylor, which is only gonna make him even better. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts is is the guy. I think he's awesome. I love Jalen Hurts. I've loved him from day one since he got drafted. Yep. I think he's incredible. He's an awesome dude. It's also just me as a fan of his that I hope he does it because I, I love the guy. I thought yep. about doing LJ. Just couldn't. Couldn't quite get it done. I think he's going to get off to a slowish, not an MVP-ish start. I think it's going to be reversed for him. I think he's going to get off to a slowish start and then get hot at the end of the season. That's fair. All right. Uh, so the next award I have written down here, I think you and I probably have the same answer, as does everybody who has given a take on this. Comeback player of the year. I I think nobody's winning this over DeMar Hamlin. It's, and if anyone gets any other – so I didn't know if there was offensive and defensive. No, it's just one. Come oh, then, yeah, it's – I so for offensive, if there was one, I had Tua. But offensive – or def, it, overall – yeah, it's, it's the, the fact he it's, made the 53-man roster. Dude, it's really cool, man. I was sitting in my kitchen when I saw that reaction, and I, I audibly said, fuck yes. Like, that was just – it makes my heart happy. That was so terrifying and yeah. so cool. So Yeah, cool. it's it's really cool. Honestly, I would love for them to rename the award, the DeMar Hamlin Award. That would be DeMar, really cool. DeMar Hamlin Comeback Player of the Year Award. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. But really anyway, cool. this this award is, is locked up already. If he could just – play a full season not even like in 17 games like if he could just be on the roster for 17 games it's the same thing as when trey came back like yes it's it's him and then give it to him week one we steps on the field you are the winner exactly uh okay offensive player of the year um i believe he might have won this award last year if not he was top two or top three voting my prediction is tyreek hill Ooh, ooh, and here's pick. why. Good pick. He 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 had what like 1500 yards, 2000 yards or something last year. Yeah. I think he had close to 2000 yards receiving last year. Um I'm I'm per- personally expecting a big year out of Tua. I think he has to stay healthy. They declined his fifth year option, so he might be in a contract year actually now that I think of it. Um I think he knows that he's got a lot of pressure on him this year and I I I personally think he's going to deliver. I'm expecting a lot out of Tua. Shout out to our guy Brian Smith. I'm saying something nice about the Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, I think him staying healthy is only going to help Tyreek's production. I hope he so, stays healthy, dude. I hope no, he me too. Healthy. Me too. So I'm I'm rocking with Tyreek Hill as my offensive player of the year, and then for like defensive player of the year, I'll give you both of them here. I'm also staying in the AFC, going back to the toughest division in football, AFC North. My defensive player of the year prediction is TJ Watt. Ew. I just think he's so goddamn good. I really do. Th- Nick Bosa, I think, won it last year. He was going to be my prediction, but now yeah. with this whole contract thing going on, I don't really know what that deal is. Makes it a little sloppy. Makes it a little sloppy. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean, I said it earlier. I think the Steelers are my biggest sleeper in the NFL this year, and I yeah. think that defense is going to help them out a ton. They they uh, they got Patrick Peterson on the back end, which is only going to help T.J. Watt. So I think T.J. Watt is my uh, my defensive player of the year award prediction. Nice. Okay. I like those. Thanks. I'm going a little bit against the grain here with offensive player of the year. I I think Justin Fields is going to do some fun stuff this year. I think he's going to have a dynamic. I think he's going to beat Lamar's rushing 
all-time rushing season. Ooh, okay. And I think he's going to sling the ball a bit. I think he's got some help. I think he's going to have an awesome season. I was going to do Jalen, but then I was like, that's just boring. Like, most of the time, MVP wins. But I just like, let's let's get out a little bit in case maybe that one misses. Hopefully, I think they've, they've started to, like, try to give it to I someone else. I think you're correct. In recent years. But, okay, I like that. Justin, that's not a – that's a – that's a very good, like, not <laughs> down the middle pick. Yeah, I was trying to sit there. I was like, do I do Pat Mahomes? No, let's let's have some fun here. Let's do some Justin okay. Fields. I like right. Justin. I like that. I like that. Defensive player of the year. I'm going with the shield, baby. I'm giving it to Mr. Roquan Smith. Ooh. I think he's I think he's having a crazy season. Okay. I think he's gonna have one of those seasons like Ray Lewis. Sure. Like, like after the, the season before he was put on the Madden cover. I think he's gonna have a wow. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna fit in real nicely. Okay. I think he will be thought as by the end of this season. Lamar and him are like, like super. Yeah, stuck. yeah, yeah. Like I get super, what you're saying. Yeah, I, I'm. I think if he can stay healthy, I think Roquan's gonna have a remarkable wow. season. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I'm excited about Roquan. I can't wait, dude. I'm pumped. I think that's a really good pick. And and yeah, you're right. Like if he can, you know. If he can get a couple sacks, maybe a couple interceptions, and just yep. play really good defensive ball, I don't see why he wouldn't be in that conversation. I like that a lot. Thank you. So now to the rookies. My offensive rookie of the year. I don't know if this is trendy or not. I feel like normally like people would point to like a, a rookie receiver to be front mm-hmm. runner for this award. I'm going to one of the first round running backs that was picked, and it's Ooh. not the first one off the board. Mm-hmm. I'm like going that. Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. I think the way that Detroit is going to use him based off of what everybody's Jameer, talking about. Jameer is going to be really good. And he's in a perfect scenario. I think him and Amon Ross St. Brown putting those two in the slot on either side of Jared Goff. I think Goff's going to absolutely love him. I loved Gibbs when he was at Alabama. I think he was super electric. He was shifty. He's a great yep. ball. Ca- he's You put the ball in his hands, good stuff happens. Jameer Gibbs is my uh, prediction for offensive rookie of the year. My defensive rookie of the year is a little bit more chalky. But this is a guy who, as a sophomore in college, I remember you and me and George, we were sitting together watching the the, the national championship that year. And we said, that dude is a yeah. grown-ass man. Yeah. Put him in the NFL right now. My defensive rookie of the year prediction is Will Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think – I think the I think the Texans are going to be bad this year. Like I don't think they're going to win many football games. I'm a CJ fan. I want them to do well just for his sake. Um, I just don't know if they have the guys around him. However, I think Will Anderson is going to be one of the lone uh, shining stars of that team, and I, I think I think he's going to like just treat it how almost every Alabama stud does when they get to the NFL. They're like, yeah, this is just what I do. This is just this is just another day, another day. Pretty I much. like that pick. Thanks. It's the same as I got. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's much. I don't think there's much of a discussion now. Yeah, I agree. This isn't going to come as a surprise. My offensive rookie of the year. Oh, okay. And then there's two people you might be thinking. No, I know exactly what you're going to say. Mr. Zay Flowers. Yep. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be their best receiver come season's end. And I think he's going to be doing some silly joystick shit. Not many people I buy a jersey of. There's not many people. And he hasn't even played a game yet. Yeah, you're right. His threads. I love Mr. Zay Flowers. I love Flowers to begin with. And he's it's in his name. So it's, just, it's just made to be. I love Zay Flowers. I think he's going to be sick. I think he's the exact piece that this team's been missing the last four or five years. And 
He's going to learn from OBJ. He's going to make Bateman better. He's going to make Andrews better. Like the significant, I feel like it's going to be similar with what Adley did where he stepped yes. in and everything, everyone else just gets a little better. So yes. Mr. Zay Flowers is my guy. Yeah. Not a lot of people can get Scott to buy their Jersey. Really just Zay Flowers and John Morant. Hey, and Lamar Jackson and Ovi back off and TJ Oshie back off. I, I know. And you know I'm what? Kidding. Damn it. You know what? No. I'm in John Morant's corner, and I hope he gets his help. God damn it, you bastard. Me too. Me too. No, no. <laughs> All right. Those are our offensive and defensive rookie of the years. Last prediction, coach of the year. Like I said earlier, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm buying the hype. I'm doing it with this team. I got Bob Salah as my coach of the year prediction. Oh, I thought we were getting the same one. Holy shit. I was like, please no. I think, look, and and I understand the argument to be made that, you know, he's got a great team. He's got weapons at every position, well, he had blah, a blah, solid blah. Year, he deserves to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was a big, big fan of Robert Salah when he was in San Francisco, when he was up for uh, yeah, the Cleveland a, job. Yeah. I was terrified he was going to get that Cleveland job because I think he's a really, really good well, of coach. Of course he didn't. And yeah, of course. That dude, remember when when him and Kevin Stefanski lit like their units literally played against each other, and Cleveland was like, "Yeah, we want the guy that lost." <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I I I'm, I was very thankful as a Ravens fan that he didn't get the Cleveland job. But I I think he's gonna like if he wins the division, and that team is like not just winning it by proxy, like they're winning the division on their own. I think he's yeah. at least in the conversation. So I'm taking Bob Salah as my uh, coach of the year. I'm a, I'm taking Mr. Dougie Fresh. I'm taking Mr. Doug Peterson. Oh, all right. I think he's as he, if he gets that team to the one seed in the AFC, like I've predicted. He's yeah, he's, that's fair. He's the coach of the year to me. I think he's I think he's he's he did it in Philly. He's a great coach. Those dudes love him. From what mm-hmm. I what what was said about him with how he handled the team after the bye week, he was like, get away. Don't talk about football, and when we come yes. back, we're making the playoffs. And they were not in a position to make the playoffs. And and I think that that team elevated themselves for him. And I think he loves those guys. So, Mr. Dougie Fresh, I think you're absolutely right. He, I didn't, I completely overlooked him when I thought about this. Just my my mind immediately went to Salah. So it's a great pick. It's a really really good pick. Thank you. And then I had written down the uh, our Ravens predictions, but we already gave those out. We both have the Ravens going eight and six, finishing. I have them reaching the AFC Championship game for what it's worth. Oh, okay. You're Bills, Ravens. Bills. Now, I don't know if my seating line up correctly for that, to be honest with you. I don't Where know. Where did you have Buffalo finishing? I had Buffalo at two, Ravens at three. I think that could work out. Because the top two get a bye, right? No, just the top seed gets a bye. Oh, shoot. Okay. Eh, so the two, the two would play the seven, the three would play the six, and the four plays the five. So I think based off of who could potentially win those matchups, I think that's feasible. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Look, I, I look forward to doing this every year because that just means football's on deck. So right on deck. Scott, we we did it. We're here. What a journey, dude. We made it. We made it. We've season, made it the season's here. We made it through a pretty stressful off season. We have. I got blocked by Miss DaCosta. Lamar got signed. You, you were did. a billion feet in the air. I was thirty thousand feet up when that happened. Not not figuratively. I mean I was literally in the air. You were. And, um, but look, man, we're here. We're here. Yeah. Football is here. We got college football week one. Notre Dame is one and oh, Sam Hartman is going to win oh. the Heisman. What a time to be alive. O's are buzzing. O's are buzzing. Well, this is a great time. This is a great time for Baltimore sports fans. It's a great time for sports fans in general. 
Okay. It is. It is. We're here. We made it, man. We made it. Congratulations. We made it. Well done. Look at us. Who would have thought? All right. Those are our season predictions next week. Scott, I don't know if you'll be with us, but I will be breaking down some futures bets. I'll discuss some of my predictions and, and some value where we could be found. They could be found on the sports book there. Um, but in the meantime, everybody tweet us your reactions or Instagram us your reactions to our predictions. Let us know what you think, what you agree with, what you don't agree with. And uh, you know what? Give us your predictions while we're at it. Yeah, put it in just, the comments. Put it in the yeah, comments. Just throw them at us. Why don't you? Love it. I love it. All right, y'all. Let's go. Season right. is here. Peace. Let's go. Drop my eye, pull me closer, and never let me